you know when you don't have like when you don't have like a father figure around as you're growing up it does affect you but you only really let yourself know it affects you as you kind of grow older and you realize how much things are harder when there wasn't someone like there to look after you in that kind of other way Hello and welcome back to Daddy Issues podcast with me and Harrod George Carey. Daddy Issues is a podcast exploring fatherlessness, but more specifically, fatherlessness in successful people. I want this podcast to prove that regardless of whatever daddy issues you think you have, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Fatherlessness affects so very many of us, so it's time to start listening to each other's stories and opening up this conversation as one that needs to be recognised, heard and confronted. If you like what you hear, please do feel free to rate, review and subscribe because I love hearing all your feedback, but more importantly, it gets to more ears and the more ears, the merrier. So thank you so much. I'm going to let you get on with the episode now and I hope you have a wonderful listen. (laughs) One, two, three, one, one, two. Hello, my name. Hello. Hello. There was something I remember thinking I need to check. Yanaka. Yanaka. Yonaga. <laughs> you know, I've only ever seen it written down. <laughs> so, do you know, we get messages all the time like, please tell me how you say this. And I'd be like, yawn. Yawn. Yeah, yawn. Like, yawn. Yawn. Oh, that's Yonaka. 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 Oh, is it Yonaka? Yeah. Yonaka. 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 Oh my God. Okay. And obviously, word. Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah. Just had to double check that. Jarvis. <laughs> Even though <laughs> I knew that. Jarvis. <laughs> Jarvis. <laughs> Chooses your Elvis. We were in Milan yesterday and everyone was like, Dere, yeah. yeah, that's fucking cool. I know. Yeah, it was cool. We played in the shop window. Oh my God. It was, it was... Who were you, were you dressed as mannequins? Um, well, yeah, because he had this like do capsule designs and he wanted us to wear them. So it, it was kind of like that idea. But um, that's we so cool. Performing. Yeah. And what, was, what, who was it for? It was some uh, designer called John Richmond. My mic is not in the right place, is it? <clears throat> oh well, I'll turn it up. John Richmond. Yeah. <laughs> This is so annoying that I'm now filming it. Oh. It causes such angst. Because <laughs> I can't just be like this. Yeah, you only can't move around. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, You've got it. It's fine. It. Right, I'm going to do the intro because okay. then we've only... We've actually got 40 minutes. That's good. Perfect. That's good. That's fine. <clears throat> In today's episode, I am speaking to Teresa Jarvis. Teresa is the front woman and lead singer for rock band Yonica. Having formed only five years ago, they've already toured with Bring Me the Horizon and Fever I wasn't sure about that. (laughs) Maybe that's the thing. I did look it up. That was it. So I was like, is it 333 or 333? Fever, 333. And supported Kasabian, fucking massive, The Cult and The Libertines. And I've had songs featured in the film Fast and Furious, wrestling channel WWE, online game League of Legends and TV show The Flash, to name just a few. Yonica are a regular on the festival circuit and have toured Europe, the UK, and more recently, America. Their album, Don't Wait Till Tomorrow, which came out in May 2019, has a very strong message about mental health. Teresa herself has struggled with both anxiety and depression, and knowing how many people around her were also suffering in silence, let alone those she didn't know, Teresa wanted to share her experiences in the hope that she could help someone else with theirs. 
I'm so excited to have you here, Teresa. So welcome to Dad Issues and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. That, was, is, that was brilliant, by the way. Was Your it? voice is just so like, I just listened to it all day. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's is like, it not so a bit nasal? Perfect. It's just like, do you think? Yeah, seriously. I always feel that. Oh, did you? Yeah. So me and Teresa know each other. We've known each other for ages. We've now. known each other for freaking yeah. ages. And then bumped into you at the Christina gig. I, that was insane. Was amazing. That was absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. That was one of the best highlights of 2019 like, for me. Seriously. I was like, <laughs> what? That, what? How many people was in there? About 200 maximum? Yeah, not very many. And then just Christina Aguilera just stood. I was right thing. at the front. Yeah, me too. I was like <laughs> screaming, like, because there was lollipops and stuff. Just like, yeah. giving out lollipops, <laughs> screaming. <laughs> it was actually epic. I, I very rarely have like fan, fan yeah, yeah. feeling. And this was like, <laughs> And I kept like trying to reach out to her and she would, I was right there and she wouldn't look at me and I was like, oh, fucking look at me, Christina. I'm right here, babe. Hello. <laughs> oh no. That's like, just like, please just, just look at me. Just yeah. look, look. But I've actually, that was so nice that we bumped into each other and then we really spoke nice. about the podcast. Yeah. So me and Teresa went to music school together. Yeah. BIM. BIM. Brighton BIM. Brighton Institution of Madden Music. <laughs> and I left after a year, but you carried on, I didn't you? I actually left after the first year as well. Oh, did you? And then went back a year after because I was like working two jobs and I was like, oh, this is intense. Like, this is not good. Yeah. yeah. And then you formed band. And after oh, I yeah, finished. Yeah, yeah, you must So have. then like the guys in the band. So we were all in the same year at first. Yeah. And then I quit after the first year and everyone else carried on. And then, yeah, I just, just had a year out and just worked and then got enough money to go back again. Yeah. Oh, and I see. Yeah. Did the, yeah, did the next two years and then left and then we formed the band. Oh, I see. Because yeah. so. I remember seeing Yonaka. Mm. It's so weird. I've literally been calling it in my head Yonaka <laughs> for so long. I've seen Yonaka. Just, uh, <laughs> but do you know what's so funny? There was this, there's a book that I love. It's one of my favorite books and it's, I I think I've just got really bad, like, undiagnosed dyslexia because I <laughs> well, say things so weirdly. No, no, it's oh. called... <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got really bad diagnosed dyslexia. <laughs> I sound like... A really book. long book name. <laughs> but basically, it's by a guy called Jeff Dyer. Uh-huh. And it's a book called... Oh, why can't I remember it now? I'm having brain freeze on the moment. But it's it's so funny. It's so good. Anyway, it will come to me. Um, 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 anyway, whatever. Anyway, he's a, he's a famous author yeah. called Jeff Dyer. And okay. I told my mum, I was like, I'm reading the best book. This was like five, five, 10 years ago. And I was like, it's by a guy called Geoff Dyer. Oh. And I don't ever <laughs> seen his name written down. And I never said it out loud. And my mum was like, you're supposed to be an English lit student. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well. Yeah, it's by this amazing guy, Geoff. Geoff oh, is one of Geoff. my favourite authors. <laughs> Geoff is the one. So oh, no, that's cute. Yeah, it was quite cute. But okay. quite tragic too. Got your mum's just like, hang Harry Dad. Oh, she passing her exams. <laughs> um, but I, when we saw each other, yeah. we hadn't seen each other in ages. In ages. And like years. But I've been like following Yonica. And I've been following you. Yeah, but I've only started being follow follow not followable that sounds I'm lame. so followable i'm follow-able. now so Follow- followable. Wait, followable. followable followable is that even a word probably not it is now <laughs> it is now <laughs> oh, Teresa Jazz is dead is are you followable <laughs> <laughs> but i yonica are be doing so well and it's so cool yeah i was in your music video oh my god do you remember yeah because i know your manager said yeah 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 yeah. randomly I know we know each other because we literally both 
our members are so hard. <laughs> Cut that bit out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we bumped into each other a few times at like random events. Oh, wow. So yeah. And we made your link through... Oh, social media or something oh. and then he was like do you want to be in, tre- in, the, in the music video I was like yes please yeah. and it was when you had short brown hair and I had short brown the, hair maybe the bubble gum and now we've both dyed up yeah <laughs> and he was like you look too similar oh. and I was like no oh what <laughs> how the hell did he get to say that I'd have loved you I know I saw it and I was like it looks so cool oh. anyway right we're here to talk about something completely different but no, we'll, ca- nice. we'll catch up afterwards we'll do it after. <laughs> yeah so daddy issues mm-hmm. I don't know very much because when we were speaking yeah. in the Xtina concert, it was, so it was loud. fucking loud. And I think we would like try to chat, but like, yeah. you know, when you do that, it was so stressful. And you kind of just go like, <laughs> you can't hear what that person said. It was literally just back and forth, just going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was literally, I think we were both like, actually screaming. Yeah, we were. We were screaming. And we still couldn't hear anything. <laughs> you couldn't hear a fucking thing. <laughs> I remember like, thinking, we need to wrap this and have yeah. a, a voice note or something. Yeah, we need to do this again. <laughs> Uh, in a quiet room yeah. <laughs> like today so it'll be fresh it'll be all fresh off the bat and... yeah but you're I remember you telling me a bit about your dad yeah but rather than me repeat it what I'm gonna do what mm. I always do yeah is go back to the beginning uh-huh. and you just like set the scene for the listeners and then we just go from there okay yeah so where did you grow up and tell us a bit about your childhood okay so I so my dad was in the army so we would move around quite a lot so I lived in Germany for a little while, lived Folkestone, Dover, um, Cherishton. So like constantly moving, but like, cause there's like a, there was like a barracks in Folkestone. Um, we lived in Banbury. There was just like a, so I moved a lot when I was younger and I have four brothers and sisters. Do you? So yeah. So do I. Two, do you? Yeah. I have two brothers and two sisters. Same, what? <laughs> but I'm the oldest, but you're the youngest, right? No, I'm the middle. You're the middle, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm the eldest. And um, then my youngest sister is, she's either 18 or 19. So it's like from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad kind of left when he, well, when I was about, I think seven or eight. I think, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it was around there. And, um, but it wasn't a good leave. It was like, he wasn't a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. Very bad to my mum. Just not, no, not, not a very nice guy. But anyway, he left. And then, so we would still see him a little bit. So but my mum would have to take us to him in like Oxford or something. And um, and, then, and then it kind of just stopped completely when I was around 10. And then that was it. And now my family live in Ashford, but I live in Brighton. So mm-hmm. I've lived in Brighton for like, I think I've lived there for like 10 years. 10 years. Because like, we moved there when we were 19. I know. 20. I was 19. 19. Were you? Yeah. Are you 28? Yeah. Same. So that's 29 kind of, well, this I'm year I'm 28 though. next month. Yeah. Okay, so you're year, like school year below yeah, me. Yeah, <gasps> Terrifying yeah. Terrifying that. I know, but then I'm like, I oh, know I haven't been there for very long. I'm like, 10 years? Oh my God, I've never lived anywhere for 10 years. <laughs> I know, it's so weird. It's so weird. Can I ask you to take this take off? Take this off. No, only off. just because it's noisy. And I'm... <laughs> Anything get, else? Get. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's a bit rally. Your dad. Mm-hmm. So when when you say he wasn't a very nice guy, mm-hmm. are you willing to elaborate a bit more okay. on that? Yeah, so he was like, it was very abusive to my mum. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like left with no money. So my mum literally had to like steal nappies from a shop. Right. So she worked in, it's called like the Naffy, mm-hmm. which is like shops on the army base or whatever. Um, I think that's the right word for it. Um, and yeah, and he kind of, he was just very, 
yeah like physically abusive and 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 would very verbally abusive as well and kind of just left yeah left with no no money and stuff and then my mum was like she had no money he like took her car sold her car he just kind of took everything and then and had an affair and like ran away and made a new family so okay yeah so I hadn't had any I hadn't spoke to him so since I was like 10 and then it was so weird I don't even know how he got the number but he like rang my mum's landline number when I was about I think I must have been about 17 16 or 17 and he was like oh I'm in Folkestone would you like to meet for lunch and I was like no but I was kind of really curious Mm. and so I met him and it was just the strangest thing because you know when like you're little and you remember someone if you only see someone when you're little you kind of just have that uh, image of them Mm. and then I met him and he was like old and like gray and I was just like oh this is just so weird and there was just no connection whatsoever he's just a very he's very much a person he was like would blame the whole reason we didn't I didn't see him he was blaming it on me and I was like I was like a fucking eight-year-old like what are you on about like you just wouldn't come you just wouldn't stop and I was like you are literally a waste of my time yeah no done so that was a lot and then that's the last time I saw him and spoke to him and yeah that's kind of and when was that that was how long ago that was I I'm, I think it was when I was like 17. So that would be 10 years ago now. From right. now. Yep. And um, and that's when I was living back home. Well, with my mum in Folkestone. Just before you came to Brighton. Yeah. yeah. So maybe 11 or 12 years ago. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But it was, yeah, it was a weird experience. And I was like, it kind of, but it kind of gave me closure. Because, you, you know, when you don't have like, when you don't have like a father figure around as you're growing up it does mm-hmm. affect you yeah but you only really l- let yourself know it affects you as you kind of grow older and you realize how much things are harder when there wasn't someone like there to look after you in mm-hmm. that kind of other way where because my mum was just constantly working mm-hmm. so my auntie would look after us mm-hmm. so she had to like work to try and make money because she does five kids and a single yeah. mum it was just, just like fuck <laughs> um and yeah so it's kind of you only realize that kind of hole in your life I think when you grow a bit older because I was always at the time like oh I don't so what he left like Mm. kind of like I don't need him anyway like we don't need him we never didn't never know what it felt like it was kind of like you know when you have that kind of it's probably just more anger yeah completely and then you grow up and you're like I still don't like you but it would have been nice to have yeah to know what have what it was like to have a father kind of thing yeah to know what seeing other people with their fathers and seeing those relationships and like That's when you really yeah, think, you're like, oh my oh, god, <laughs> yeah, like I never had that, and it's yeah. Like, mm. Okay, let's rewind, yeah, because this is so. I mean, you've done like an amazing summary, yeah, but there's so much more in between, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I want to like get into. <laughs> yeah, just stop me whenever. No, 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 no. It's way better that you, okay, that you talk I'll just than me. On forever. No, no, perfect. <laughs> That's what I like. It's brilliant. I think me and you are quite similar. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, did you want to say something? <laughs> um but okay so as a child do you remember seeing abuse like do you remember seeing the physical abuse and Um, or seeing the sort of mental abuse a little bit not like really clearly like one time he bit me on the face he bit you he bit me on the face like and I had like a huge bruise like all on my face and like I think my my mum always remembers telling me she was just like crying her eyes out because he took me to one of his friend's house and I was playing with the kids and I was like young. So I apparently like I bit one of the kids. Oh my and so God. he bit me. To show you what it was like. To show you what it was like. But like, I was like a little kid. 
on your and face I, as on well. my face on my cheek like I had like this big bruise so I don't completely remember this but my mum would tell me like he would come back like a late like he'd been out and he'd like grab her by the hair and rip out the bed and stuff and it's just mm-hmm. like it's just so horrible and he was just very he was very like I had to be completely if I made my bed and there was a crease I would like get told off I'd get like you'd be like you have to go to bed you have to I wouldn't be able to get away with anything like mm. he'd make me eat my dinner until I'd throw up right it's like he was very strict very old-fashioned do you know what it was I, like for him growing up no I don't but I know so my nan and granddad it would be they were nice like my granddad especially was really nice and then my nan, I think she like, my mum says she completely like doted on my dad. Like, and was just like, loved him like yeah. so much the most. And he had a brother and a sister. And um, I don't, I don't actually know what it was like for him growing up though. I don't, I never got to the age where I could talk to him about that. Yeah. Cause I mean, usually there's so much context to why someone yeah. then behaves like that. Like that. Yeah. And if, if, if someone's abusive, it tends to come from, well, not tends, I'm making a sweeping statement no, here, no, but I, it very often can come from obviously from like abuse. Their childhood, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like something that they yeah. experienced. It's interesting that he's in the, he was in the army. Yeah. Did he ever go into the war zone? Like, did he ever experience sort of trauma in that um, sense? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about him to, yeah. to say. But I know the reason, because he's not in it anymore, but he, I know he fell out of a, a helicopter and his parachute didn't work but he's alive but wow. I think he just like broke his legs and stuff like that yeah um so I think that then took him kind of out of it out right of the right army but he might have been coming up to his time where he was yeah done enough or whatever um so when he left mm-hmm. did he sort of leave in the middle of the night was it sort of did your mum sit you down and tell you what happened do you remember what that moment was like um I, I don't actually I don't remember I don't remember him leaving I just remember, and my mum wouldn't really sit down and talk to us and be like, I don't remember it if she did. She may have. It's so weird. Like a lot of my childhood is like kind of not there. Mm. Um, like it's from like a really young age. Like, well, I mean, up until, up until I lived in, I don't really, yeah, I'm trying to think. I just remember him coming and knocking on the door and maybe giving me like a video for my birthday. Um, and then, and that was it. And then I remember, and that was the last time he ever came to my mum's house. And she was still living on the barracks? Or? We were then living, we lived in like this flat above a shop in Cheriton. Right. So um, you had to move obviously when he left. Yeah, we, we had to move. Yeah. And um, and then, yeah, and I remember he, that was the last time he would come to us. And I must have been about nine or something. And did he leave because he'd been having an affair so and then he sort of fell in love with this other person and then they moved in I together so, or something? Yeah. So he, he, it was his dietitianist. What's she, how do you call it? Nutritionist. Dietitianist. Oh, okay. Diet, diet, I don't know how you say it. <laughs> anyway, it was that, it was that person. What is it called? Yeah, dietitian. Dietitian, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was that person and then um, my mum knew he was having an affair for a, a while, but I don't know, I don't know. You never know, do you, when it's someone else's yeah. relationship. Um, and then, yeah, and then he just kind of left. And then ha- he has a family now in, and he lives with, and he has two other kids. Right. This lady, some in Oxford. And they're still together. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's still abusive? I don't know. Yeah. It's really weird. It would be bizarre if he completely stopped that with someone else. It would, yeah. I don't imagine that would happen. Yeah. It feels like it wouldn't just go like, I don't know. 
And did your mum, did she ever move on? She, yeah, she kind of didn't see anyone else. Yeah. Um, for like years and years and years. Yeah, for like a long time. She yeah. wouldn't, she wouldn't like drink, she wouldn't go out. Right. She was very like, she got really depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very much like work, home, sleep, work, home, sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of, yeah. She, so no, she didn't see anyone else for a long time. And now she's now married again to this, this guy and she's been married to him for about, I think she's been married to him for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Why do you only think? Because she didn't tell us she was getting married. Oh, did she not? No, she just did it. <laughs> we were like, okay. <laughs> um, but she's been married, I think she's been, it's either a year or a year and a half. It's quite, it's not very Recent. long. Yeah. But she's been with him for about four years, I think. Like, um, like the, has been her boyfriend. And do you um, like him? Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a very sweet guy. And he's good to her. Yeah. That's good. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, so she, I mean, I think she like tried to see someone before that, but that, like nothing would ever last because mm. it was, there was this, there was this one, there was this one guy that she was seeing and like, it's quite funny, like you know when you hate someone, but mm. you're young and you're like, how do we do this? Like, how do we? It was kind of, like, oh God, I yeah. probably shouldn't say this, but anyway, we grabbed his clothes and we, and me and my brothers and sisters, we put them outside, and we covered them in bleach, and we were just, <laughs> God, because we just didn't like you would have led that because you're the oldest. Oh my God, <laughs> we just hated this guy so much. He didn't stay around. He wasn't. He was like. Was he, Ugh, do you he think he was a bit crap? Or he was very crap. Was he? Yeah. And was this when your mum was going, when, so when she was going through depression, was that, was she then seeing him at this point? No, this was, uh, well, I've, I don't know if she's ever really come out of it. It's right. weird, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's kind of like she'll have like periods where she's good and she's up and she's okay. Periods where she's just like down, like can't, can't wake up kind of. And is this from your, since your dad leaving or do you I think she's had it all her life? I think she, there was a time she told me it just clicked and I, I was, uh, I was in the car. She picked us all up from school. I was in the car and we went to my auntie Pat's house and, um, and then all of a sudden my mum was just walking down the street and she kind of like walked past the car and stuff. And it was like, that was, how old was I? I was in secondary school. I think I must've been in year seven i think or year eight mm-hmm. um and i think that's when she like it really it wasn't the fact that my dad left i think she was just i don't know you never know what i do was, um mm. just she was just really depressed and that was when she told me that it hit her the hardest and i remember it was her birthday and she was like i think she was turning like 43 or something and she was just like in the bathroom crying and my auntie and stuff was around and we were just like what's going on because you know when you're so mm. young you're like you don't really understand what's going on or how to help. You don't know what to do. You just, you just, you see your mum cry. It's like really sad. So you're like, mm. no, don't cry. Um, do you think, as the oldest, what did that feel like for you that you've then felt maybe, yeah, like the protector of everyone else? Like, how did that work? Yeah, for you? definitely. I, I feel that now. Like, I feel like I constantly want to help and make sure like everyone in my family is doing okay doing well and if they're not then like how can I help them mm. um I even feel like I do that with my mum you know like mm. just constantly want to make sure that everyone's got what they need and how you, you know what if they need any help like if I can help them so yeah I think there's definitely a lot of emotional weight and I I only started realizing that about 
two or three years ago like how much I actually carry of it and I'm like oh my god I can't breathe (laughs) um (laughs) yeah but yeah so yeah definitely and going to sort of teenage years Mm -hmm. so you'd moved house Mm -hmm. life completely changed Mm -hmm. your dad had moved to another family yeah you knew that yeah yeah and then being at school do you remember because obviously your dad was quite abusive when he was around yeah was there a sense of relief that he wasn't around anymore? Or did do you remember consciously sort of missing him or and then being at school, do you remember having to find an excuse to the fact that you didn't have a dad? Like Yeah. Do you remember that time at all? Yeah, so I don't think I think like but the thing I said earlier, like I didn't miss him because even when I was younger he wasn't really around because he was always away in, oh, I see, in, yeah. in the army. So it was like um I, d- I don't know I, I almost just felt like I kind of just put on this thing like oh well don't need it don't need it anyway kind of thing mm. like it was this this thing that I kind of threw away I was just like he was I don't need him if he's not if he doesn't want to be there then I don't need it and I kind of just had that kind of mentality armor yeah it was pretty much just the armor and you know and I think all my brothers and sisters have it as well and we're like you know he's just not a nice person so it's better better to not have him around anyway but yeah, like I said, in the back of your head, you're always like, like, because well, my mum's one of nine, so there's a huge family in We're there. Catholic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, Always. Yeah. <laughs> nine kids, so it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and like her sister, um, we, we would always go to her. her so my mum's the youngest of one of, of nine, and then her sister above, she called Phyllis. And we would always go to her house because she had like eight kids mm-hmm. and they're all our same age. So we'd always go and play around there. And then their dad was always around and he was really lovely. Mm-hmm. So it was quite like when, you, when you'd kind of hear him be like, oh, I'm taking the, the, the boys fishing in the morning or I'm taking the girls to go and do this. I would kind of get the thing in my head like, oh, I wish we had like a dad to do that or something like that, do you know? Yeah. So we never had a, any sort of man figure around ever. Yeah. Um, so did no uncle sort of take that role? No. 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 Yeah. Apart from... There was a little time that I had this uncle John. He would like to take my brothers to golf. Right. So there was like that, but it was very small and it like lasted not and very it's long. Your brothers, not you either. So yeah, yeah. But um, that was probably the extent of it. Yeah. And looking back now mm-hmm. and seeing how you interacted in your relationships, do you think not having your dad or also having quite an abusive dad when he was yeah. around? Do you think it affected that side of your life? I don't think it. I don't think it affects my relationships, but it definitely affects my relationship with older men. Mm-hmm. Like I, I find it really hard to be told what to do by older men, and like, I just, I just can't kind of get to, get with it. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Teresa, you wouldn't, you wouldn't act like that if like an older lady was talking to you. But if there's an older man, I just get this guard up where I'm like, why do you, you can't tell me what to do? I'm not going to do that if you're just going to be like blah blah blah. And if they like get a little bit not shouty but if they get like quite firm with the words I kind of just switch off and Mm -hmm. I'm just like I can't listen to them because it will either make me really upset or really angry so I definitely know that has affected me yeah and when have you had a moment where you've seen where you've experienced that um like sitting down with management and sometimes I'm like why are there all these big men here (laughs) because also it's so man heavy and labels as well it's just like all men and I'm just like why what are you trying to tell me to do like stop yeah stop so I yeah I I just get a bit can't really handle it yeah do you think it sort of takes you back to that moment where you then re-met him maybe. when he was an older man um maybe not that 
maybe not that moment. And he was trying to tell you yeah. that it was your fault. Oh, God. Yeah. I was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I was like, you should be like saying sorry, at least sorry, but no. So actually, what happened then? So you were 17. Oh, yeah. And he um, reached out to you. You hadn't seen him since you were 10. Yeah. Like maybe even nine. It was like, yeah, it was it was very weird. Where did, well, you don't have to say where you met, because I was like... <laughs> so he picked me up. He picked me up. I used to work... Um, I was doing this because I was in sixth form at the time and I was doing like, I was working for two and a half hours in the call centre after work, Monday mm-hmm. to Thursday, which was killing me. Yeah. It was two and a half hours. <laughs> like, and now you think of like actual work day and you're like, oh, that's actually, that's probably fine. But um, <laughs> he picked me up from work and I was like, oh God, this is so weird. And I was like, hi. And I was like, Ugh. and then he like rang his mum whilst I was in the car. And I just, I don't know. It was he just rang really... his mum. What did that feel like? Because were you in touch with them? Um, well, when, when, I'd go and visit him. We'd go and visit his mum and his dad. And I had a really good relationship with his dad. So that'd be my granddad and his nan. She was nice as well. Like, I don't remember anything bad about her, but I don't know. She never kept in contact when he left up. Did she not? So, no. Wow. So, like, all of that side of the family just went, zoom. Wow. Yeah. Did, they, did, they, did anyone know about this abuse? Did your mum keep it a secret? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I know. I know she kept it a secret for ages and only her... So she had a, like another really good friend who, so in the army, she was like best friends with this woman called Jane and her husband worked with my dad and they knew mm. and they were trying to help as much as they could. But it was just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, it's hard, isn't it? Because if you're in that, how do you tell people like, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I would never, ever, ever be in that situation just because. I wouldn't allow myself to get into it just because I know what it is mm. now because I've seen it through my my mum. Yeah. And I think I'd know just what to stay away from. But yeah, that's really good that you... because So I think it can go the other way around, mm. but you're like, okay, this is yeah. my normal. Yeah. So I'm just going to attract someone who does, treats does me like this. Thing. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I think probably that's taught me to just never, ever allow myself to get into anything like that. Yeah. So... You've got that armour that's yeah. like still there. Get away. <laughs> <laughs> But, <laughs> but speaking about sort of so this podcast also looks at and I, I think this is I think yeah. that you're like a prime example of uh-huh. this anyway which I didn't know because obviously I didn't know your story but it's just speaking to you now but how fatherlessness as yeah. I call it that you have <laughs> can sort of then become your sort of drive do you think mm-hmm. it is at all linked with what happened with your dad and then his absence at all yeah so I think the push is probably just massively just in myself because I'm very much like I, I believe like uh, in the law of attraction and stuff mm-hmm. like if you want something you can get it and like if you envision it you can have it um which obviously is hard to hold on to like all the time but like when you get into that stride and you're like grateful for everything and you've got something in your in your mind that you want to go for then I've you know I've, I'm I'm really into that. Um, I'm also, yeah, I think probably a bit because I think I, don't, I never ever want to, I don't know, like, I just want to be, re- I want to be successful. I want to do well and I want to be happy, healthy. And I don't ever want to be in some kind of like, uh, I don't know, just that kind of life. Mm. So I'm so, f- yeah, I want to run so far away from that type of life that probably has driven me a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And by that type of life, you mean? Just the whole thing, like, being in that kind of relationship then running away from like he's ran away from all of his responsibilities and left my mum to sort them which means my mum's never been really able to get herself on top of things Mm. so 
like she kind of just left her dreams and stuff like in somewhere else she's never done anything that she actually wanted to do mm. which drives me to do exactly what i want to do because <clears throat> i can't imagine doing something that i hate for my whole life just mm. to kind of get by yeah um but it kind of left her no choice i think and so yeah definitely so the situation yeah exactly yeah it like all fed in yeah, to you like, being like right well <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I was like, I'm moving out. Bye. <laughs> and that moment, because we don't have too long enough, which is so sad, but I want to talk about mm-hmm. the time when you saw your dad again. Mm-hmm. I know I keep flitting back You're and fine. forth. But with that, was there anything? I'm so interested how, like, yes. from the age of 10 to the age of 17, obviously uh-huh. you're still a child then, really, mm-hmm. even though, like, yeah. people think that they're really old when they're 17. Yeah, yeah. Just like, uh, I can do everything. Yeah, exactly. I am me. <laughs> But did you see yourself at all in your dad? Was there like, I know you say there was no connection, but does, was there anything that was like, oh, okay, this... No, there's absolutely nothing I saw of myself and my dad. The only thing that kind of like freaked me out a bit was like, my brothers look a teeny bit like him. And right. I was like, ugh. Because <laughs> yeah. I love my brothers. I love my brothers <laughs> with my heart. They're like, I'm really proud of them. And, and then I just saw him and I was like, oh God, oh God. That's it, but that's about it. <laughs> but that's about it. Um, does he know what you're doing now? Um, yeah, because he he follows me on Facebook. Does he? Mm. So weird, actually. I look, I looked on him because you know as you do, you just like going around like look what's going. On. Mm. And I looked on his Facebook and on his about section, he actually has written about his like kids in the about section, like us, like me and my brothers and sisters. He's like, I also have two, uh, four children with um, four other children that live in a blah blah blah. And I was like, you, I feel like for me the role of a dad, a mum, a brother, a sister is that is like to earn have that name. It's more about the role for me than the blood. Like blood is just for me. Blood is like it's just blood. You just bought. You didn't have a choice. I was just, you're born. You're born into it. But like to to be called a, a father, you have to do what a father does. Or you have to show love. Otherwise, I th- like the word dad for me and that and and my actual dad, my blood dad. It it doesn't it doesn't work like that for me. Mm. He just doesn't have that role. So he's, yeah, I was, yeah. Does that make sense? Completely. It makes <laughs> that, so much yeah, sense. I think that's like an amazing, insightful yeah. comment. Okay. Yeah, no, massive. <laughs> okay. I want you to keep talking. <laughs> that's so good. That's why I was staying so silent. I was like, <laughs> But that's so, it's so true. It's like this, it's that you can't ha- like, to call yourself a dad, exactly. And how people, you know, people who then either get, adopt children or people who then take on a role yeah. of like a stepfather or stepmother um, and then they actually end up, for whatever reason, being that person who really have, yeah. grows that person up and teaches them about Te- life. Yeah, it gives you love and teaches you how to like, do, like you need- you that's, know, a, that's, that's a parent. That's a parent. Yeah. He wants to guide you through life, be there when you need them and be there to help and give you advice and- tell them that they love you and show you like that's that's a parent someone who's just like giving birth like yeah. you know what i mean like giving... he's like jeans you have jeans yeah <laughs> fuck jeans it's like... <laughs> <laughs> just like if you don't do your job then you don't get that name did you ask him when you met him why he used to hurt your mum or why he hurt you no i didn't i but i did i just said to him i said um what well, I was like, how come he said, why did you come stop seeing me? And I said, you know, why I come, I stopped seeing you is because you asked me not to come again. He literally asked me not to come. I think I was I, like the age is a bit, it was like nine or 10. And I went to his house and my mum gave me her mobile in case I wanted to call her. 
And um, I called her when I was there because I just wasn't having a very nice time. Mm. And I was just getting sent to bed all the time. And um, <laughs> for not folding your sheets, bro. Oh, it was just like, I was like, I was like, this is not cool. Like, yeah. and I, I ring my mum and he came upstairs and he took the phone off me. He was like, he was like, don't come here again if you're just going to ring your mum. And I was like, okay. And he was like, right. And I was like, well, she was like, she was like, shall I get picked up then? He was like, yeah. And that was it. And then I didn't see him again after that until that time. But he, I don't know if he's just like a bit weird and crazy or whatever, but he just seems to think it was us that didn't want to see him. Right. And he's like, he's made the story in his head to probably make himself feel better mm-hmm. that it was our decision to stop, to stop going and... But yeah. So I want to ask two more things. Yeah. The first thing is looking at like your music and you saying that, or you telling me earlier that your album, mm-hmm. Don't Wait Till Tomorrow, yeah. is hugely, there's, you know, the undercurrent message mm-hmm. is looking at anxiety and mental health yeah. and wanting to sort of speak about those things, yeah. which so many people, mm-hmm. you know, experience. We all experience at yeah. some point in our lives. Do you think some of the mental health that you've gone through and the anxiety and the yeah. sort of dips of depression? Do you think any of that's related to your past? Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. So I, it was about three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. And I just like, I had the, my first panic attack. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it's like, which I'd never experienced before. So I was just walking through life, just doing what I wanted. Just like getting like a bit messed up or whatever. Just being mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm like untouchable. Nothing can touch me. Yeah, mm-hmm. this would make me better. And um I had my first panic attack and then I was just in this like hole of anxiety like I was a super independent like I would do everything on my own I could just uh, like whatever but I got to the point where I couldn't like walk to the shop on my own which was like two minutes from my house mm-hmm. and I was like and it and it really like made me think of everything and then all this stuff was like surfacing from my past and like things that had just happened and I, I was constantly like on the verge I, I thought I was just gonna die constantly um but I started so I got some therapy which was like incredible like one yeah. of the best things I've ever done life-changing yeah so I was like at first I was like oh how's this gonna I, I don't know I was kind of like how's it gonna help but just speaking to someone mm. who doesn't know anything about you and you can just chat and chat and chat and and just know that nothing I don't know it's just really it's really helpful mm. um so I was doing some therapy and literally I would talk so much about like past stuff with my mum and um and just like my life growing up and and just where I was now and like I would I would feel constantly guilty I I still do I have such a guilty conscience like but it's like really it's really silly it would be like the smallest of things like I don't know say if like I don't know say if I walked past you and I didn't like wave at you or something I'd be like oh my gosh <laughs> that's really that's really not no, like no, a no. good I know exactly what you mean I've, I've, I'm quite similar with and the I, guilt thing yeah, yeah. And I constantly feel guilty like I've done something wrong but I haven't but I don't know if that's maybe affected by my past as well yeah 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 oh completely so just like I, I always feel like I'm, I've probably done something wrong and like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm <laughs> I have this really weird thing as well like someone <laughs> someone asked me if I'd like killed someone and I was like oh god and I haven't I definitely have not killed someone but I was just like I thought well, maybe I have and I've like forgotten and I was like what so, do you know what I mean that's so stupid though but I was just like why did someone ask oh you killed someone I can't remember question. I can't remember I don't remember but it was it, it literally just got me though and I was like oh god I did that I, I was like no I, I haven't I haven't I haven't <laughs> I mean that's not funny but it is yeah I'm like have you been to jail and I was like Did um 
I don't remember. Have I been to? I was like, I was like asking the boys like in the band. I was like, have I been to the show? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really getting over. But yeah, so um, I think yeah, definitely affected. And I think a lot of the music I first started to write when I was when I first started the band were you know I, I wrote a song called Wouldn't Want to Be You, which was about my dad. What's and it called? Wouldn't Want to Be You. Right. And then uh, and then we wrote you know. Um, there was like a couple more they're really old they're really old songs but um yeah like the first few were you know probably me just like surfacing this bit of anger just like ugh, why yeah, yeah and it was quite probably it's that sort of classic thing of anyone who's a creative person that kind of their experiences and their traumas and all those yeah. sort of things coming out in their yeah in their art yeah. and yours being music mm-hmm so that, I mean, do you think it's quite cathartic for you having that, that outlet? Definitely, definitely. Has it helped the fact, like, for example, the album being about yeah. mental health? Do you feel like way more kind of grounded because of it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because I think being able to talk, because it was like absolutely consuming me. And I was like, I was like not sleeping. And then when I don't sleep, I'm more like anxious and I'm yeah. like more like upset and sad. And, and everything's be, shit when you don't sleep. Everything. Yeah. Oh my God, I've had like insomnia for the last two weeks. But yesterday mm. I slept for so long and I just feel like a new person. It's so good. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's really helpful. And I, and because so many other people are going through the same thing as well, but you don't really understand, you don't really know that sometimes until you like, read a book of someone talking like you've wrote you've wrote the words on the page like i uh, read matt haig's um reasons to stay alive okay. and i was like what I, I felt like i was reading my own book and it's just so nice to know someone else has the same thing so I, I wanted to let people know how i was like feeling the the things that would happen to me to make me feel like this and how i was going to get past it or whatever and and hopefully be able to help someone else mm. if they heard that song and that like resonated with them yeah there's something that speaking of Extina. <laughs> Extina. She what got is it Extina? Is that Yeah, I don't know. Christina. Extina. Because she's X rated sometimes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually don't know. We could just make up our own. In like, we what's can that make strip up our song? own. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Gosh, she's so fit in that song. Wanna get a little bit? Oh yeah, the album strip. Oh, she's so fit. Oh my god. Oh, she's unreal. The outfit. Oh, unreal. <laughs> unreal. <laughs> I want to be her. God, Christina. Um, but I, um, she once said, and I've just been reminded of this because obviously when we were singing together, you yeah. were into like folk music. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and like Motown. Motown folk. folk yeah, yeah. And like, you know, Corinne Bailey Ray vibes. Oh my God. And then you then, when I saw that, um, Yornica, mm-hmm. you then went on. <laughs> I said that right, didn't I? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, you were then, um, singing like rock and yeah. like kind of what they call sort of screaming do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, but not yeah. actually screaming but yeah. that Shouting. musical term I'm a, a musical but like beautifully screaming <laughs> <laughs> tunefully screaming melodically screaming <laughs> but do you think because Christina said that she was abused by her dad mm-hmm. I think slightly differently mm-hmm. but definitely had an abusive dad yeah. and a bad relationship with him yeah get her on the podcast get her on and get her Christina, on Christina if you're listening <laughs> I'm coming to America soon. <laughs> but when she sings, it's like you can hear her pain. It's so raw. And she's like, ah. Yeah. And I feel like your music, in a way, has a quality like that where you can scream out. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Do you feel that? Do you think that sort of comes yeah. from that kind of need to express yourself yeah, finally? Completely. Or like, 
and just scream it out and it's so subconscious but then it yeah. must be so releasing I don't know no definitely because especially when I'm writing these lyrics and I'm in this like place of pain and I'm like oh, oh I'm so searching for like a way to get out of it and when I come on stage and, it, and if I completely put myself in that position that I was when I was writing the lyrics I almost sometimes want to like cry sing you know mm. and I'm just like <sighs> Yeah, because it's because that's the thing, and it gives you so. Because I didn't actually finish my point. I always do this, but Christina said that anyone who's had who suffered, yeah, can sing because she sees it. Obviously, oh, okay. she can say that quite yeah, yeah, yeah. with her yeah. epic voice, and not yeah, realizing yeah. some people yeah. don't have Just like <laughs> her epic voice. But as in, she'll she says it because it's pain. It comes from a place of pain. Yeah, and if you have that, you can just project. You can just and do it, it, and it can come out. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, yeah. I guess it's like when you're really angry or so, or set, you, can, you scream. Yeah, yeah, you do. Don't mm. you? you scream, and this like huge voice comes out of you, no matter how big or small you are. So yeah, I guess it completely makes sense. Yeah, and just channeling that, but in like a melody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put a little couple more notes yeah. in there. Put some yeah. nice vibrato. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, um, down a couple. Yeah, no, but, but I, I, yeah, she definitely has a point because. Yeah. It just reminded me of you mm. literally transformed from when I knew mm-hmm. you as a musician into now knowing your story yeah. and knowing how painful that like part of your story uh-huh. is and then how you have transitioned into this much more like rock emotive yeah, kind of singer. I think I had to I had to like get myself into some music first though because like when I when I first came to Brighton I didn't I was like not listening to things that would like inspire me massively. Mm. Um and then I listened to um, I listened so the two albums that literally changed me and made me go into this kind of style was Jeff Buckley's Grace and Amy Winehouse Frank because oh. like the, I don't know the, you can hear so much pain in their voices and I think that is literally and I heard them talking about things that weren't happy and I was like why do I why do I think I have to talk about happy things I'm not happy all the time no one's happy all the time mm. and then knowing that like made me that just opened me up completely and like I never cry at music but that Grace album I, I cry every time I hear it it's just something I don't know it just completely gets inside of me I'm just like <gasps> but um <laughs> so those two albums completely opened me up to this other side of writing as well and I was like I need to, I need to go somewhere darker I need to do something where I actually talk about how I feel like real stuff like I'm, I'm not gonna just be like oh I'm in love you know when yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm in love <laughs> yeah yeah just, I need to talk about the, the bad stuff and yeah and be authentic to yourself and what you've experienced in life yeah and how that actually feels yeah and I think that then becomes as you say with those two albums but in just general for me as well with Christina just mm-hmm. like it just literally gives me goosebumps thinking about Aww. her voice because she's just yeah. so I can feel her yeah pain and it yeah. makes me you can understand it and you're I like, get it yeah exactly even though my dad was obviously never well not obviously but my dad was never abusive he died yeah but as in I, I know what pain feels stories yeah. crazy how old was you when that happened seven seven and a half important half do you do your have you told your story on this not yet when will you do that I don't know oh, you should do it I know I really actually I, I might do it at the end of season two maybe would you get someone which to, is the end of this season yeah or would you just go straight all in I don't know I think I'd get someone to do it with me yeah it's nice to be asked the questions so you can like prompt you yeah and then maybe to ask stuff that I haven't already thought about yeah if that makes sense yeah um I could carry on forever but yeah. we have to stop so last Thank question you. yeah if your dad mm-hmm. was listening to this episode right now, mm-hmm. what would you want to say to him? Um, 
I hope you're a better person now. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish you all the best in life. And um, that's that's pretty much it. I'm 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 dealing with my own demons, and he's you know you you probably got yours now as well, seeing your life. So I hope you have a wonderful life. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was amazing. Yeah, no, this is great. Thank I you. wish we could carry on. I know. Why do we have to stop? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to my episode with oh, the most amazing woman, that is Teresa Jarvis. I'm so sorry that we giggled our way through that podcast, even though obviously we touched on some serious matters. She and I were always great friends at music school and we hadn't seen each other in years and it was just back to normal. So I do apologize that we were laughing about things which probably weren't that funny thank you Teresa you are just a bundle of joy yeah you're a ray of light and the way that you've managed to get yourself out of a situation that so many people may not have been able to see the light with is hugely admirable and you are a huge example and inspiration for so many people and so thank you for being you and for being so incredibly wonderful If you've been affected at all by anything that's come up in the episode, I advise two places where you can visit. The first is Julia Samuel's website, www.juliasamuel.co.uk. The other place is www.untangle.life, which is for people experiencing grief. It connects you to a like-minded community and experts such as therapists, lawyers, financial coaches, and just helps you make loss a little bit less lonely and overwhelming. Love to thank Warren Borg at Wargie Productions for doing all the mastering and compressing and continuously answering all my inanely annoying questions about how on earth to do virtual podcasting. Egg Garland for doing all my graphic design and branding. Sophia Jennings for helping me seek guests and giving me such wonderful pieces of advice. And Julietta for providing Daddy Issues podcast season two music, which I am obsessed with. Lastly, I'd love to thank all of you for listening and also staying on this long to listen to the rest of the outro. As without you, of course, there would be no podcast. So thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day or night.